0: I do their vocal warm-ups today, hot tea and vocal warm-ups for all the conversation.
1: Water and coffee. Water and
0: coffee, me too. (laughs) Water and tea. All right, so we're kind of kicking off the inaugural uh, Madrid official podcast, the Madrid boardcast, if you will. So um, I'm Eagle, uh, art director here at Madrid Skateboards, uh, co-hosting, co-piloting with the legend, uh, Bo Brown, over to my right. Bo?
2: Well, I don't know if I'm a legend, but I've been around for a while. That's close enough.
0: We've got a a special guest for episode one, the the man in charge, the guy that started it all.
2: Madrid Skateboards was founded in 1976 by Jerry Madrid. One of the most respected people in the skateboard industry, Jerry has made decks for more people and more brands than you can possibly imagine. There's a high likelihood that at some point you've ridden a Madrid-made board, even if it didn't have that name on it. Madrid has never had the flash or the marketing budget of a Vision or Santa Cruz or Powell or GNS, but managed to keep an impressive team and a loyalty following and a huge fan base. While many of the biggest brands fell out of fashion, closed down completely, or became targets of acquisition, Madrid Skateboards has kept going and stayed true to its brand ethic.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jerry Madrid is our first guest on the official broadcast today. Well, thanks, Bo. It, it, it
1: actually started before '76, all but right. that's okay. But that was the official um, business startup. Yeah, I started I started making surfboards back right. in the '60s, and that's kind of what started it all. Because I was skating and surfing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Was that 1968?
0: <coughs> 1966. 66, yeah, Okay. And how did you get started on the surfboards?
1: Well, I was—I uh, had been surfing for uh, since I was about 12 or 13 years old. So, uh, I, I was surfing with the neighbors, and we were skating. I had a, 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 a skating glide, the surfing glide <coughs> skateboard with the metal wheels. Oh, Jesus! So, yeah. So that so that that started started the whole thing. But I'd go down to Hobie's uh, factory in in Dana Point, and I'd be the, the little grom kid that would watch those guys make surfboards. And just, uh, there's a lot of legendary uh, shapers and stuff. So I'd watch them, and I would watch the guy's glass. So I kind of learned from what they were doing. I, I'm originally from Norwalk, but came back to Huntington Beach. Uh, so I would go to Huntington Beach's factories. Brotherhood was a factory that was here in Huntington. And they would make Russell boards and stuff. And that was, all, that was all in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. So that's that's really where it started. But then I started the fa- officially started the factory in 1976.
0: So when you were making surfboards, was that just for personal boards? Were you ever like had any intention of actually selling these things or like no? Producing I, I was surfboards? I was selling them to okay. my friends
1: and stuff. Sure. as well. and I'd make custom boards. I really didn't do a production line until later on. Yeah. Uh, so my whole philosophy was, which I carried on into skateboarding, was to make custom boards for the guys that that. Uh, surf certain breaks and certain style of skating uh, surfing
0: so did you have any any mindset at the time to make a larger kind of production run where you would actually start producing surfboards on a larger scale or was it just custom one-offs for buddies and stuff Uh,
1: initially it was just custom one-offs and so
0: 1976 you transitioned to skateboards
1: well before then I got on my dad said you're not not going to make a living surfing and skateboarding (laughs) <laughs> so you might want to get a real job. And some <laughs> Sounds of, familiar. Yeah, and some of the guys that I was surfing with, they were always off. They were always able to go surfing. So they told me they were on the fire department. So I said, okay, thats, that's I've got to look at this. So I was able to take the test for Huntington Beach and for Anaheim. So Anaheim called me first, yeah. and that was in 1975. So the, when I did the interview, they said, would you stop your business for a year while you're going through your probation? And... Nineteen seventy six was when I was off probation at that point.
0: So it was the motivation for the fire department, simply because you'd have a lot of downtime to serve. Ex- exactly. <laughs> <Cool>. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so when you got into more of a kind of operational standpoint, uh, that was seventy six, kind of post probation, and was that Santa Fe Springs? Or? Santa Fe Springs.
1: Okay. I brought my brother in, my younger brother in, to, to do the everyday operations, and I would just do the design work, and that's kind of where it all started with, with all that with that stuff. Then from, once I started on the fire department, I was working with a lot of guys that had a lot of knowledge, and one one guy in particular had uh, an ability to make uh, molds, so we made the first molds with one of the fire guys that we used. We, We did some stuff prior to that, but it wasn't the type of molds that I was looking for, and it was like a flat kick. Uh, type board. And, and was
0: that the board we looked at yesterday? Yeah, the first exactly. that was the first rocker uh, that was that that
1: was the first mold you ever produced, right? right. Yeah, okay. Right. The molds we did before then were just a flat kick type of board, so it was a flat flat uh, flat plywood with one kick tail. And I, when when did you start working for me, Bo? Oh geez, uh, <clears throat> eighty, I think, eighty, okay, maybe so eighty one. So it was th- t- we were pressing some of the flat kick boards before Bo came out, right? Uh-huh. Right. And, yeah. Bo, did you come on as
0: a, an, employer, an employee or a rider first? No, I was, I, yeah.
2: I came on as an amateur rider who really needed a job. Yeah. And yeah, I was pushing a lawnmower when I wasn't skating. Nice. And uh, Jerry said, well, I can pay you probably a little less minimum wage, <laughs> but you can at least hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, you won't be pushing no, a lawnmower. That's not true. Uh, yeah, so I started there. I think it was 80, maybe 79, but I think it was 80. Uh, yeah, and he put me to work in the back.
1: I think you were laminating, weren't you?
2: I was laminating, yeah. yeah.
0: So getting some production experience and like learning a little bit of everything back there. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: you were amateur at the time on the team. I was AM at amateur at the time.
2: Sponsor. And uh, God, I can't remember what year, but eventually we had to have somebody kind of overseeing the team. Um, and I was You were the guy I was the guy I was the closest guy <laughs> there uh, and that was even before I got into sales I was still Oh yeah yeah laminating
1: Yeah because yeah, what you brought together was the downhill guys first because mm-hmm. we had we had a pretty extensive downhill team and this was 79 yeah. 78,
2: 79 Well you had Herb Spitzer ride Signal Hill for you in Yeah in what 78
1: Yeah something like that
0: So that was relatively the same time that you came on was the focus on the team more of kind of a downhill brand or was it just a kind of a mix of kind of like you are today?
1: Well, I did. I, I was doing downhill with these guys, too. Sure. So that was that, that was the love of, of what I was doing. Got gotcha. you. Everybody likes bombing a hill. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 what it was all about. But then we, we brought out you know, Roger Hickey was like he became the num- one of the number one riders. out <coughs> Sure. There. But we had an extensive downhill team. So it was good. And then then we branched out into doing some of the other Street, and it, well, not as much street, but it was more like free riding yeah. and pool riding. So
0: outside of the downhill team, was Bo the first sponsored rider on Madrid?
2: No, I don't think so. No.
0: Who, no. who would have been first in an in a outside of the downhill team world? Like,
2: Well, we had quite a few AMs. Like yeah. Roland Cabalas rode for us, and uh, there were a bunch of AMs that we were on the team, and we were all skating the, like, the ASPO contests. Uh, early amateur contests, and you kind of had to skate everything.
0: Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, were you more vert or what, what no, no, were you more like concrete? Pretty much everything. Just skate it, everything. The only yeah. thing
2: I never did was freestyle. Sure. Thank God. Uh, right. <laughs> but no, back in the day, you had to skate everything. It's like, a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just a different thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, you had to skate everything, but my first love was racing.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I I I had riders that we I would I would skate at uh, Shady Acres in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first skate parks that I really, really got into. And was um, that more just like a slalom course? What no, was that park it was like, a, like at that time? It was time? a snake run. There okay. had some big ugly bowls. Nice. big big oververt walls and stuff. And then they built a big half pipe. Gotcha. And that's when I had a lot of riders. I had I had uh, Herp Herp Spitzer, mm-hmm. Bob Barnaby. There's a whole slew of riders that we had back there. Uh, Ray Zimmerman, which is one of our photographers, there. he he was actually team captain, I think, before Bo. Yeah. So your AM team at the
0: time, you guys were all just kind of skating General Madrid boards. Was there? We have? Do you have pro yeah. models out at that time? Or no, what no, was the first to no. kind of? What was the first pro model that you guys started
2: producing? And who was that for? Was it Roger or was it?
1: no, Mike? it was yeah. no, it didn't. Roger. Roger. That
0: was so. the first pro, the pro, pro
1: model, pro downhill. Board. Yeah. yeah, and the so, first you know, Roger first Hickey pro model. Yeah. And Roger Hinckley, remember, it was that, <laughs> that was the guy that shot the president. Yeah. Is that how they spelled it on the board? No, even, oh, no. Okay. no. That's how Connoisseur <laughs> put it in their order, mail order ads. <laughs> mail order the Hinckley board. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, that, in fact, Roger's board was the first concave downhill
2: board that we made. I think
1: one of the first da- concave boards anyway. I think
2: so, yeah. 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 And that thing was a taco shell.
0: Big time. It, it, how different were the sh- yeah? How different were the shapes back then? Today, like based on today's, you know, what, what a downhill board would be today.
2: Well, I think you
1: know, I think Roger was riding a really short wheelbase for the Is that time, right? and it got longer because the equipment got sure wasn't as good to keep <coughs> up with it. But the uh, um, wheelbase was pretty small. I think you were riding a sh- short wheelbase yeah, too. I rode a short wheelbase. These shapes like today are coming back to it, but they're just a bit wider. Sure. So okay, so at this time, you've got Bo kind of working production.
0: Right. You eventually transitioned to a team manager kind of a position, right? How, yeah. What's the time frame there from when you first started to when you were kind of coming on as a team manager? <clears throat>
2: uh, it was probably 82, a couple of years, maybe? kind yeah. of
0: grinding in the back. Yeah. And Great, then so were you out there like, yeah, were you out there actively finding guys to build the team? Or yeah. how was that working? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was skating all the contests and skating all the spots. So I knew a lot of people and, you know, Jerry said let's start building up a team so the local guys uh, I think Chris May was the first guy I ever put on the team Uh, but you know there were local guys at the different parks that I knew Uh, Radegi actually rode for us for a very little time Mm -hmm. before he got on Powell Um, but uh, then as far as the guys back east there was a, a Contest series called the Mess Series, mm-hmm. Mid Eastern Skateboard Series, uh, that really kind of kept skateboarding alive back there in the early '80s, and we were one of the main supporters. Uh, you know, we we really believed that that's where, you know, if if skateboarding was going to stay alive back there, it was going to be because of these guys. So we started supporting them with you know product for contests giveaways and stickers and stuff
0: and you talking this would be the era of like backyard contests when everything kind of yeah. went back yeah underground? And that, this is yeah. R-
1: this is like <clears throat> right at the end of the surge through the 70s sure yeah that, i think we lost the magazines i think that's when mm-hmm. trans world came out thrasher. thrasher thrasher came out in 80 81 i think so, so yeah yeah so that because the action um, skateboarder magazine went away mm-hmm. turned into action now and that didn't do very well skate parks were going away mm-hmm. Um, so that that was a big downturn in, in the industry at that point. So that's when we we wanted to go ahead and, and still support the industry. Yeah. So we want that's what I told Bo. So, it's okay, let's sponsor every contest we can find with these guys to keep it keep it alive. Did that's you guys did.
0: personally feel the effects? You know, there's all the footage of when they were literally like tearing up parks and tearing out skate parks back in the day when it kind of went bust. Did you guys lose some of your favorite spots? Did that happen oh, yeah. as much in oh, oh, Southern yeah. California as it did oh, yeah, elsewhere? Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: The Concrete Wave was one in Anaheim that was torn, torn apart earlier. Big um, O. Big O. So when you guys started getting out into Skatopia,
0: supporting Skatopia.
1: the uh, the the
0: backyard ramp kind of underground scene, were you guys getting out on the road and doing touring demos, or were you just kind of floating product?
2: For the Mess series, primarily we were floating product because we didn't have a lot of money for gas to yeah. drive <laughs> to all these. And how spots. much was
0: gas back then? Yeah, it was probably.
2: <laughs> 35 cents. Yeah, yeah. 35 <laughs> cents. Um, you yeah. know, we would travel all over, you know, West Coast, mm-hmm. but yeah. the guys back east, we really couldn't go. We did. We couldn't afford to do real big tours. Yeah. Uh, but those guys would come out here every once in a while. Danforth would come out, or right. Roscoff, or, or anything like There was still do. a
1: big scene here. Yeah. So those guys were trying to support what they're doing, but they would come out here and they'd hang out. Mm-hmm. I was going to
0: say, in the pre-internet world, how were you guys keeping up with what was going on outside of the West Coast, you know?
2: Zines. Yeah. yeah. Zines yeah. was what kept zines. it alive. Awesome. Yeah. 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 That and writing letters and yeah. making phone calls. Yeah. 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 It's archaic, I and mean, it's caveman times. That's right. It's archaic. Because
1: yeah. I remember in 79, I built a half pipe in my backyard, and so... That we Had a lot of guys come through there. Yeah, was I was it, gonna say, was, were you hosting
0: contests on that thing, no, or just no, more just, just kind of casual hangouts yeah, and skate yeah. sessions?
2: Yeah, yeah, That was when you were living on Indian Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when did when did you put Smith on the team, and how did that all come about? Mike Smith.
1: I think it was in 1980, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, he approached us, and it, and it's funny because he he approached us and we were doing stuff with uh, Christian Osoy. So he said, okay, I'll come on the team, I want to go on the team, but I don't want you to get Christian Osoy on. <laughs> that was a rival. Interesting. That was, okay. was a rival. All right. so, so and okay. you, guys, you guys went with that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. so yeah. sure. Well, we worked with Christian for many years anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. during that whole period. Christian yeah. tended to move around quite a bit.
0: Yeah, he turned out okay in the scam he, world. Oh, yeah. he, he landed on his yeah. feet. He did, <laughs> many times.
2: Smith told me, the other day, when I was talking to him, that uh, he first came to the factory with Rocco, mm-hmm. like Steve Rocco may have brought him to the factory with him, because you know that was his brother's friend, right? Uh, maybe to buy boards or something, and so that's how he first met you, and
1: right. That's a long, that was a long time ago. That was. So Rocco at that, so he was
0: like still a, like a freestyle guy back freestyle, then. Freestyle, yeah, yeah sure. and he was
1: writing for Sims. And we were making, at that point, we were making Sims boards. So we started making all the, all the Sims, Andrak, Lamar, mm-hmm. that, whole, that whole crew, that era. And that was, Rocco was part of that.
0: Yeah, who were you manufacturing boards for at those early stages, and, and, and then onward? Because right, that kind of became a big piece of the puzzle, right? Yeah. Was actually making boards for all these other yeah, guys. Yeah, there's a whole
1: story behind that because <coughs> we're doing um, boards. Well, we're doing boards for Vision, uh, Santa Cruz, Sims, Veriflex, uh, Kanoa Surf. We did the first concave board, not concave, uh, router board.
2: Yes, yeah, right Bonnie
1: Hiromoto is tri mm-hmm. so we did that was the first one that, that we produced for them so from there uh, Kanoa Surf was pretty tight with most of the uh, brands <clears throat> so Tom Sims talked to, uh, to Tuzo from Kanoa Surf and said you got to take a look at these guys; they're making some good stuff. So that's how we got in- introduced to Tom Sims, and we started making the Sims boards from there. Mm-hmm. Was
0: that sort of the the primary primary focus of Madrid at that time was production for other brands and Absolutely. companies? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: the riders that we were picking up were well, we considered farm team riders. Sure. Mm-hmm. We're gonna branch. So we didn't really have a Madrid team per se. Yeah. Uh, we had grew from there, <laughs> but we had riders that we'd hopefully go to other companies, which. There's quite a few that went different ways. Santa yeah, for, for those well.
0: that may not know, who are some of those names that, you know, a lot of people don't even realize were associated with Madrid? What was that kind of early farm team days like? Throw out some names. Bo, so.
2: Bo's
1: got the answers. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. It's a long list, um, I think. Yes. Rob Roskopp, Jeff Kendall, Tom Grahalski, Marty Jimenez. Uh, God, Who else? Um, John Lucero. John Lucero, of course. Lance John was Martin. actually one of our pros, though. So I don't well, know he,
1: wrote, he wrote for, uh, for Veriflex first. Right.
2: And then he came on to us. right? Uh, yeah, so those were like the main uh, guys. Steve Douglas was on our farm team from England. Uh, so those guys were like...
1: We're trying to work off our memory now, which is right, difficult. right. <laughs>
2: Chuck Trees. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's this, right. Chuck
0: Trees. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Chuck Trees for
3: sure.
2: And McGrath yeah, fame. We, we were we were really close. All the guys, you know, half of them were either sleeping on your couch or my couch when they came out.
1: Oh, Bill Danforth. Danforth. Danforth.
2: Uh, and uh, so, yeah, we were really tight. So when someone would come in and swoop them up, you yeah. know, it was like, oh, man, that's stabbed to the right. heart. It stings a little. <laughs> but it was it was for the best, and it I was, think we've all sure. remained friends. But damn, that hurt.
0: Yeah. So was that? I mean, was was, I guess how to put it was was the idea to get these guys on the farm team to graduate to other companies, yeah, or was it, was it was more we idea. wish we could kind of? Yeah. So it would. So you kind of knew it was an inevitable transition. Sure. Like, sure. We're trying to get these guys out we're, there and then get on to bigger and better things. Yeah, we were
1: a manufacturer. We look like yeah. it says it, as a not not a distributor but a manufacturer that kept developing product. Yeah. And that okay. was our goal, was to develop a lot of different things.
0: So then at some point, you must have had a transition from kind of a farm team concept to actually growing a true Madrid team, right? right? In what early 80s, once Bo came on,
3: mm-hmm.
0: who? How, how did that sort of develop? And I mean, was that, again, writers finding out about you guys and coming to Madrid? Or was it you all kind of? put an energy into finding guys out there you wanted I, to bring to the team.
1: I think initially it was the downhill guys who started the whole scene. Uh, Roger, Bo, uh, Dave, Dave Perry, Perry Fisser. Tom Boehme, yeah. Rick Denton. So that was a whole crew that we had. And we'd, we all, we'd all skate together, do that. And, it, and it's all downhill for the most part. But then from there, we kind of branched and said, okay, well let's, let's expand the majority of guys because they don't want to leave. They want to stay with what we're doing. So that was that was cool for us.
0: And did you have a, a, a period, you know, I, we, you could safely ass, you know assume that early to mid-'80s was kind of the, the boom of skateboarding. So did you have, like, a, a transition of when you kind of went from a downhill team to more of kind of a, yeah, a an first, all around. kind of an all-around kind of right. skating style? And Yeah, and that, was
1: about, that was probably about 84, 83, 84. And we had a, a, a pretty good amateur team at that point. Mm-hmm. Really good.
0: Yeah. What was the first— Pro model Madrid outside of the downhill world, like when you were kind of when you were kind of more team managing Bo, like who was the first who was the first pro board? It's
1: gotta be Mike. Yeah. The Mike it's Smith. Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Yeah. And what And which graphic would that have been, that first one? That was a dot. The, the, dot. the dots. The, mm-hmm. yeah. the lines and dots. Lines and dots. Then became just lines. Because I, I messed up the screen. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah. I, knew, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know. It was yeah, it's like, I was oh, doing all the screen back so there. So some true trade
0: secrets here. So <laughs> it was uh, yeah, a graphic change because of a mistake in production. <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And all right.
2: Primo got aboard, too. Primo yeah. Desiderio. Exactly. Yeah, uh, he did. So it was kind of weird. We had three pro models, one downhill, yeah. one vert, and one freestyle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're
2: just a skate company, right? right?
0: Which is still really kind of where you are today. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, now, Bo, you were kind of more of a downhill guy coming onto the team? How would you kind of describe your skating?
2: Yeah. Again, as an M, you had to skate Skate everything. everything. Uh, but I was more known for downhill and, and slalom. Yeah, because thinking about your board,
0: I stri- you know, it kind of strikes me as more of kind of a standard '80s vert kind of a style it, shape, right? It is. Was that your input, kind of wanting something a little more at the time, modern? And how did that
2: yeah. kind of come about? Uh, this is probably a bigger story than we have time for because this <laughs> is all about Jerry. Yeah. Uh, but a couple of things happened. We needed more board models because we had the. The Street Thruster, Rogers, Mike's, Primos, and I think that might have been it. Right. We needed to develop more boards, and uh, I had just I had to turn pro because I went to a race in Capitola, mm-hmm. and the prize money I got was seventy five dollars, and I needed that to buy gas to get home. <laughs> so all <laughs> of a sudden, that's good motivation. I'm pro. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'd been working in back with, you know, Jerry would bring, you know, whoever it was, Christian or Tony Alva or whoever, you know, uh, the Veriflex guys. And we were all working on shapes together. So I saw what was selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was starting to experiment with different shapes, yeah. you know, just for street boards. And I knew that if I put a, a downhill or a slalom board out, I wasn't going to make any money. Right so i came up with a shape that i liked riding and i knew would sell
1: awesome well this is the beginning of what you would call street skating mm-hmm. not yeah. to what we see today sure yeah. but this is just going down the alleys you know yep. mm-hmm. going off trash cans yeah. and stuff. and that's the kind of board we we're looking for with both sure yeah. and
2: it worked really well
0: it's kind of like a standard urban street yeah, yeah. do everything kind of a shape right mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah that's that's what we would do
0: who were you most excited about bringing on the team, Bo? Who who did you find out there that you thought I gotta have, I gotta get this this guy on Madrid?
2: Oh boy!
0: Did you have a favorite at the time? You know, skaters always look to other skaters that really motivate them or go, oh man, like I wish I could, you know, I want to do that. That guy's got style. I think back to like seeing Ray Barbie skate, and he had this yeah. like just flowing style, right? So who was the Madrid guy that you just were like, this guy's got to be on the team?
2: There's no way I can I can say <laughs> who my favorite guy is. What are you crazy? I figured as much. Um, each one, you know, I had a really good relationship with everybody on the team. Like I said, Chris May was the first guy that I ever put on the team. He was a, a Lakewood skate park local and and uh, uh, Long Beach Long Beach guy. Uh, and you know, I'd seen him skating at contests, and he was he was doing. Pretty good, and I liked his style. So,
0: what was he skating at? What, what, what would you categorize his skating? Uh, as? He
2: was a pool skater. Cool. Yeah, I mean, like everybody, he had to do everything, but primarily pool. Um, but God, you know, pretty much everybody that I had influence in getting mm-hmm. on the team had something unique about mm-hmm. them. Whether it was like Smith, I he, you put him on the team, but that dude has the the most incredible style. Mm. He's still got these puppet hands, <laughs> but uh, he's got a real surf style. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you
1: Smith grind is yeah that yeah exemplifies that. The the writer that that I wanted was John Lucero. Mm-hmm. I saw yeah. him, I saw him at a contest in Huntington. Incident, and I and I talked to Bo about him before, so we knew who, you know who he yeah. is, and uh, we made yeah. an offer and he jumped he jumped on it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So he brought he brought his own artwork. I said, sure, absolutely. Yeah, Let's yeah. Do it.
0: yeah, Was he ever like an official uh, employee or contracted artist for Madrid, or did it just so happen that all these guys saw his art and kind of he did a no, number we, of graphics we, for we, other guys? He brought
1: some artwork and I liked it awesome. quite a bit, and I paid him for it. Sure. <laughs> these guys all needed money. Yeah. So, yeah, so we paid for the artwork. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. did that with he did that with several models. Yeah. yeah. Bob Schmelzer was a freestyler too. Yep. And freestyle. Yeah,
2: Schmelzer and well, Greg Smith was freestyler as well. Oh yeah,
1: so okay. Now did Lucero do the Greg
0: Smith, the no. puppet no. punk guy? Okay, no. I forgot who did that. Spencer. One. That was oh, a Spencer graphic. Yeah, that was a good. That was one of my favorites. Yeah.
2: No, Lucero did Schmelzer's. Sure. He did Smith's. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them. Two of them. Yeah. Uh, the ape and the duck. Yeah. yeah. His board, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a hand in in doing uh, Danforth's board. Sure. Yeah. He did okay. Part of that
0: which was uh, that was a, a kind of a jinx, right? Jinx yeah. did the uh, yeah the Danforth. We won't say the reference on air.
3: but The <laughs> Danforth board. Right.
2: Yeah. Marty Jimenez was was uh, you know another one of the farm team that went on to mm-hmm. big big uh, big team. He went to Vision.
1: Yeah, he was team manager there. So talking
0: about kind of opportunities that came to Madrid as you guys sort of built up the company um, and getting into sort of collaborations and stuff, you guys eventually would go on to do a shoe with Vans, which I think was the first, really the first kind of collab that Vans did with anybody.
1: With Yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure for a sure, company. With another company, yeah. yeah.
0: So how did that come about?
1: Um, they approached us. So we were really tight with a lot of the sales guys. Sure. And the sales guys were wanted to do a skate shoe. It just just a, a, a label skate you. So they brought they came to us initially, and then Steve kind of ran around the whole thing through yeah. with his dad, and it, it came about with a, a skate shoe. What year guys. would
0: that release have been? Eighty
1: five, eighty six, maybe. Yeah. Right, I think right after Back to the Future. Okay, because Back to the Future was real. Back to the Future to me was the uh, one movie that spurred skateboarding back in the limelight.
0: How on earth did that all come about, and was that again an issue of Hollywood coming knocking on Madrid's door? Exactly. Yeah.
1: What happened is we were making, we we're doing mass market boards for Vision, mm-hmm. uh, not Vision, Veriflex, uh, Valterra, Valterra. Mm-hmm. So they, they they're 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 trying to sell spots and in, 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 the, in the movie sure so you see, you know things, the thing the cans of coke and stuff yeah. in the yeah, window yeah, yeah. Product, they, product placement product yeah, placement they pay big bucks for that. sure stuff. so they came to us and they asked for big bucks we couldn't afford it <laughs> yeah so what we did have is we had the writers and we could do the props So yeah. um uh valterra said they would pay they paid por- a portion of it we paid through product okay and and writers so we did a lot of the stunt work for that with both Bob mouser was that all Bob Schmelzer in the first no, one? Okay. No. Okay. They had a mix of different guys doing yeah. different things?
0: Yeah. Now, was that Valterra model already an existing model, the kind of paint splatter Marty board? No. Or was that made specifically they, for the board they, yeah, or for made, the movie?
1: I think they're trying to copy our, our paint splatter board. Yeah. yeah. The, the explosion. Sure, yeah, of Our course. Right. Members, oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, They're trying to copy that one. Sure, okay. Because that was a really high top selling board. At that yeah, point yeah,
0: point. yeah. So so somehow in that, in that, whatever that business relationship was, you guys were able to sort of sneak in, put in some Madrid stickers on the board that Marty rides, right, right for right. a little subtle product placement. That was just part of the deal of, mm-hmm. of working it out. Yeah,
1: it was, it was trucks and wheels, too.
0: Did you find at the time that that boosted, Sales for Madrid after that movie came out and was a
1: massive success. Well, I think the manufacturing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that that took took it t- to another level. Selling more Valteras out there. Probably. Yeah, and they eventually yeah. went to China. And that's right. that's the, the way things
0: work. Yeah, right? yeah. Surely it did something. Oh, it it did, it, did. It, inside, it, yeah. it
1: brought more money back in the skate? Yeah, absolutely. And more exposure.
4: Yep.
0: So okay, Back to the
1: Future's '84,
3: hmm.
1: and it 86. was it was released in '85. '85. It was kay. it was produced in 84 and yeah. i think bob we we, we had the, the the castle um mm-hmm. awards that we went to I right think. right and uh, the, you and me and, and uh steve douglas right
2: that hook and, and bob Smeltzer and gary sanderson. gary sanderson and chris may and chris may that's right
0: yes sanderson's so a name we had yeah that's one that slipped through the cracks talking about old team days and, right. and boards and stuff yeah, yeah for sure so that wasn't the fr- that was not the last time that Hollywood came calling, right? So post Back to the Future, there was another little known skateboard movie that, that uh, hit the theaters, Thrashing. So that was, that how did that come about? That was that was fun. That was That, yeah.
1: that just came, they came to us again.
0: You all had a little bit of a bigger kind of presence in Thrashing than well, Back yeah, to the Future. Well, yeah, Bo was a star in that yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. that, So, so the again, how, was that, do you think that was uh, had anything to do with the connection to Back to the Future, or was yeah. that? Oh, yeah, t- yeah. for sure. For so sure. how did that come about? And, again, did they just come calling? They and, just came calling. And
1: yeah. to, Are you interested? And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And they came to the factory. They filmed in the factory. Right, so, Santa oh, Fe Springs, right, at the operation
0: right. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bo's a professional Hollywood screen printer back there. Exactly. The exactly. Yeah.
1: It was it was fun to watch him produce that
2: thing. Oh, my God. The yeah. film everything. Yeah.
1: Because the actor was trying to... One scene, he was he was trying to show them how much rebound is in a wheel. Yeah, yeah. And he he and bounced it, and, you know, catch it. Sure. But it bounce and go that way. And, yeah. You know, it'd go <laughs> all different directions. But they finally had to throw them the ball. Just yeah. It's all in, all in Hollywood, it's all fake.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is, <laughs> yeah make it work. Yeah. Did you all have team riders doing stunt work and thrashing as well?
2: Yeah, we actually coordinated did all the downhill yeah. stunt coordination. Yeah. The Madrid team.
0: And who was who was that team at that time? that was like present in the movie doing. Uh, Doing some uh, of that that quote unquote stunt work. I
2: think on the air quotes Madrid team in that movie was myself, Jack Smith, Rick Denton, Don Beau May. Roger made uh, like a cameo appearance. Is that right? Yeah, but he was he was a big time photographer at mm-hmm. that point, so you know he didn't have a lot of time to yeah. be wasting yeah. on a movie set.
0: Yeah. And, of course, the Daggers, you know, had a lot of notable faces and characters nice. in there. Yeah. Yeah. And the skate shop scene, you know, you've got a Lacero board, Madrid mm-hmm. stickers everywhere. You've got the staff guy wearing the Madrid T-shirt. So mm-hmm. you had a little bit more of a presence than, say, Back to the Future. Oh, absolutely. But I don't know if, you know, Thrashin' really, you know, got as many people in the seats as Back to the Future did. So I don't think so. Did that bring any more kind of opportunity, or were you finding that people post-Thrashin' were... Hey, Madrid boards, you know, did that boost your sales or variety or sure a little I'm bit? Sure, I'm
1: sure it did a little bit. Yeah. I think for everybody. Yeah. You know, Christian had his things, Tony Tony sure. Alva had his stuff going on. So I think it for everybody it got the good exposure. Yeah. The movie wasn't considered all the best, but it yeah. was still fun. Right,
0: yeah. No, it's I mean it's it's one of those you could it's a cult classic today. Oh, it, so, absolutely. you know, I own it on D V D. It's ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that you know, the skateboarding heyday, right, we could Let's say it's the '80s. You know, there yeah. was a time when you look at a, a company like your Vision Streetwear kind of guy that suddenly, what went from being one of the coolest or at least biggest companies in the world suddenly kind of went uh, mid, you know, mid-tier, mass market, mainstream, and suddenly nobody really wanted to wear Vision Streetwear anymore. And I don't mean this as a way to knock on Vision, but I guess my question is: at the time, was there a point with Madrid when you guys ever had some big? Corporate cash guys coming in to, you know, acquire the into, company. You know, is it, you know, because you see all these companies through the '80s kind of eventually, kind you know, of went mainstream I, or I got bought out I don't or were think acquired. So. I Did don't that think ever? We had
1: any any uh, any any approaches that way? Nobody coming to back you know? back to the uh, the vision, the way vision came about. Um, we were making boards for Sims in you know the early '80s, mm-hmm. and Tom Sims came to me and said, do "You, do you want to license the brand? I don't want to. I want to go. I want to do snowboards now." And right. I, I, I said, no, but I had a friend that might be interested. And I talked to Brad Dorfman mm-hmm. from Vision. So Brad and I talked. I said, you know, if you take over the brand, you you, you get their dealer base right away and you mm-hmm. get to slip everything right in. So that was the beginning of Vision just growth like crazy. Sure. Because they already had the dealer base. Then the industry was growing. Did you all have a, a, a conscious effort or
0: decision to, to keep it Madrid and to just, you know, keep things the way you want to do it and keep things that kind of – you know the core. DIY ethos of yeah. just, hey, we don't, we don't want to get to this point. We don't want to be a certain type of company. We want to kind we of to maintain st- integrity and yeah, we and want to
1: stay a core company. Absolutely, that wasn't, I was yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to sell out. Right. Yeah.
0: And so, at what point did you move operations from Santa Fe Springs over to Huntington
1: Beach? Uh, what happened is we had the downturn in the late '80s. Uh, it felt it fell down again. Mm-hmm. We've had several of those downturns. Yeah. Um, so uh, we still had the manufacturing. What we did is we started moving more into furniture, and that wasn't my deal. Sure. I didn't want to do furniture. But
0: you had the warehouse. You had the machines. You had the space. Yeah. So what I
1: did is I just – we had two, two locations. I remember that. Mm-hmm. One was for, the, for all the artwork and stuff, mm-hmm. and we had a spray booth there because the allotment of a finish was oh, how much spray booth, yeah. how much spray capacity yet. So we had that set up there. So what happened is my brother bought it, brought in a partner to do the furniture. And I took over all the all the marketing, all the brands, and I moved it down to Huntington Beach. And it was in 1989. 89, yeah. okay. Now, was that here? No, this is have this different location. Of Hun- yeah, the other side Yeah, the other, other, other side.
0: side. Yeah. What were some of the, uh, over the years, especially through that era, you know, when you take talk about the downturns that the skateboard industry has had, what, what were some of those biggest hardships to sort of those, you know, a changing industry at that time?
1: Well, probably uh, the the 90s, mm-hmm. I think, because everything went street, everything mm-hmm. really kind of got out. Well, pools are gone away, yeah. parks are gone away. Um, I think the uh, the IS group, mm-hmm. the International Skateboard Association, that came in, I think they helped bring back the skate parks. But during that time, it was all street skating, yeah, you know. it was kind of an anti uh, establish- establishment, Rocco. and he said, Rocco and Mullen started their own Big yeah. Brother magazine. Yeah, the Big Brother era. Yeah, yeah. all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it was, just, it was kind of a, a it was, it was, it was a, a change in the in the industry Absolutely. itself. Absolutely, yeah. And what
0: do you think you attribute it to you guys kind of surviving that? I mean, just, staying just focused, weather downturn, the storm. Downsized quite a bit. Tighten belts and just mm-hmm. kind of like keep sticking to what you're doing. And, yeah, exactly. and just weather it, yeah. Exactly. And was there an upturn at some point after that kind of era?
1: You uh, probably the, the late, you know, yeah, mid ninety, mid nineties, mid to late nineties. Mm-hmm. We started, we started seeing a change. Again, I think the skate parks were coming back because of, I asked, yeah. uh, soliciting the insurance companies. Mm-hmm. I think I was Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick was Fitzpatrick the main. Fitzpatrick. Yeah, was the main was guy that was really pushing that, and it made a big difference. He yeah. did a great yeah. job with that. Yeah. Yeah. Was
0: there a point when you saw a noticeable turn in shapes, kind of coming back into into in vogue, as it were, like in a post? popsicle street world did you hit a sense when hey people are kind of buying shaped boards again and pool boards and bigger boards was that a was there a noticeable shift and sort of that because you know everything old is eventually new again i know we're kind of in that right now we're We're kind of in that retro kind of throwback you know heyday's kind of coming back around
1: i'm not sure exactly when 2000s maybe yeah we started some changes that way. Yeah.
0: Eventually, if you wait it out, everything that's no longer cool becomes cool right, again. You right, know, It's like fashion and skateboarding and everything else. Yeah, because I think even
1: Vert was, was dead there for a long time. Right.
0: They yeah. had a lot of riders at that time who you know who couldn't successfully make that transition. You know? Right. A lot of struggles in the whole industry, of course.
1: Well, during that uh, the, during our heyday, too, I started a, a surf company, another surf company, a bodyboard company. So oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. too. So we t- kind of branched into the surf industry. That's just to get me back out in the water.
0: And was that kind of a, when there was a kind of a lull in the skate yeah. industry? Right. Yeah, okay. Right. And you had a, had a team on, uh, kind I of a team mean, at that point, yeah, too. Yeah, so we
2: did. Big
1: team, actually.
2: Big yeah. team. Big names. Yeah, yeah. And we had Major a, stars. A, yeah, we had a,
1: a factory built that we built and everything in, in Oceanside. So, so that's I'd,
0: certainly a, a probably a... a, a an attribute to survival at that time sure. that you guys pivoted to kind of another industry but would you say it was more successful than what you were getting with skating at that time
1: probably yeah we're still doing big numbers in manufacturing mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. uh they, you know, like i said going into furniture was not my deal i want yeah. to stay with it yeah with with the, the action sports sure deal.
0: yeah and who was uh, so who was kind of a part of building that uh the, the bodyboard team at that time
1: uh bob forbes tom prince um I forgot. There's, there's Savage. Is um, I can't remember his first name. But there's Stewart, that, Mike St- Stewart. Mike, Mike Stewart. Yeah. Well, he was he was a competitor. Right. With uh with our guys, but they all worked together. That was that was a fun time too. But the skate, obviously, was the uh, uh, the change for us. We did a lot sure. of different things.
2: Yeah, there's probably a lot of questions I have. And, you know, even though I've been and. Just as full disclosure, I I am no longer an employee of Madrid Skateboards (laughs) at this point, (laughs) noon. Um, But, you know, Jerry has been my big brother for 40 years now, you know, the Madrid family and the Madrid team has been my my family. Um, There's been a lot of people who came to the factory and have come through uh, that are some pretty big names. Uh, like Rick Dukeman who was a a huge oh Skull Skates and yeah yeah. Uh, rest in peace yeah yeah yeah, the Dukemans
0: yeah for sure
2: and uh, who were some of the other people that came through that were like wanted to be part of the factory for I remember Jason
1: Lee Jason Lee coming coming over and buying seconds
2: yeah I actually have a an ouch story on that um Jason Lee was a Huntington guy mm-hmm. skating pay and play, and we used to get sponsorship tapes all the time. Sure. And this, uh, we got some sponsorship tapes that in retrospect um, we probably should have jumped on. Jason Lee was one, Chet Thomas, and Ed Templeton mm. were the three like pay and play kids that sent us sponsor me tapes that we said no our team's full right now
0: rejected yeah (laughs) shout out ed templeton by the way for a a long time vegan in the skateboard industry so appreciate (laughs) ed templeton forever (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna do a quick interlude so uh we are here with craig harbick of madrid skateboards craig tell us what you do here what is your official title
4: Actually, I'm a jack of all trades, so mm-hmm. I actually do sales, that's one of my specialties, and that includes private label. I also handle um, all the receiving, um, write purchase orders, um, do customer service, um, also um, some production for the company. First and in,
0: last out, is that correct? First in, last First out. One that's here. Wh- last one at the end of the that's day.
4: That's what it says on my business <laughs> card, yes.
0: How long have you been here at Madrid Skateboards? Twelve years. Twelve started years.
4: So uh, February tenth, uh, two thousand ten.
0: To the date, you remember the day I you remember started. The date was like that's pretty impressive.
4: The, one of the one of the coolest interviews and best moves I made uh, working in the skateboarding industry. Nice. nice.
0: Where were you coming from at that time?
4: I actually um, came from um, actually uh, Acme Skateboards, working with Jim Gray mm-hmm. at ABC Board Supply, but we had a a hiccup there where I actually went to go work for Brad for about a year, but I was always communicating with Jerry during, I've been friends for a very, very long time since like the early nineties. And Jerry was always like, Hey, you know, one day I want you to come work for me. And the timing was right. He was there and we just started talking like behind the scenes and he goes, just give me about a year. Things are changing here and I'll bring you on board. And when the opportunity came, I just, and he was a man it. of his word. He was a man of his word, absolutely.
0: And so you said prior to that, you did you had a stented vision? Is that correct?
4: I did. Yeah. That was like my first introduction to working in the skateboard industry. That was actually remember this one too. was fall of nineteen eighty nine, and then that was um, the first trade show I went to was at the ASR trade show in Long Beach.
0: 89 Vision Streetwear, that was a
4: that was kind of the heyday, right? That, that was, was
0: part that of the That was an uptick on the skateboard industry at the time, yeah. right?
4: Vision was very, very big at that time. Sure. Yeah, it was huge.
0: Now, was this pre kind of going mass market, mid tier Vision, or were you guys still kind of considered like a core kind of a skate company?
4: They went mass market at that point, and they were yeah. selling to, you know, every skateboard shop and they finally got themselves into some big department stores and mm-hmm. that was kind of a in skateboarding that back then was a no-no
0: I certainly remember how cool it became uh how uncool it became suddenly to wear some of that stuff when you know when I was a kid it was there was nothing cooler for me but everything in my in my closet was vision street wear
4: yeah it was vision from head to toe yeah shoes yep. and shorts and shirts and little uh, hip sacks and yeah the fanny packs stuff, the fanny berets packs, watches yeah. all that stuff and
0: that was your start in the quote-unquote industry was was vision
4: yeah and one of the very first people i ran into is kind of funny the industry i was in before it was a silk screen industry i found when i found the job the the, the day that i started and i walked in the, the one of the very first people i met was jim gray
3: mm-hmm.
4: walking down the hallway and we just kind of clicked and we became friends like immediately and then i noticed uh one of the old, uh, he was a general manager at the company I worked for before. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but we just kind of looked at each other at the hallway, and he's just like Craig, and I was like, just say Mike, and he's just like, oh my gosh, and I was like, okay, I'm probably supposed to be here, right? So kismet. Yep.
0: What brought you into? Uh, what was your interest in action sports at the time? Getting into into the industry.
4: Um really it was I was always skating when I was younger and then finally um I just hated that grind of that day-to-day job I didn't like and I yeah. ended up like quitting and believe it or not I was watching TV and there was Skate Escape on television and my girlfriend's like you should be in the skateboard <laughs> industry and literally a week later, I answered an ad in the paper, and I walked into Vi- Vision Sports, was it, Vision where Yeah. And behind the receptionist was a big laminated poster of the ramp at Skate uh, at um, the Skate Escape mm-hmm. with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at it, walking out, walking back in, going, I'm getting this job. <laughs> There's just no way I'm just passing it. And then they hired me. It was a two-hour interview, and they hired me. Um, like that that day, and gave me more money than I expected, and I started the next week.
0: What was your role at Vision? What was that job that you applied um, for? What was the title and the role? What were you it doing was sales mm-hmm. to
4: take over a territory. It was the Northeast to take over that territory. So it was like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, and Rhode Island, all that area, and, um, and to um, help do trade shows. <coughs> and after three months, you know, going to the trade shows, I... Was like no, let's just do this, make it happen, and they basically promoted me after three months.
3: Cool,
0: and yeah, you have you had at the? Did you pick up production experience at Vision, or did you kind of come from a background? I know you kind of knew some screen printing stuff and some production stuff. Did that come before
4: Vision? Um, a little bit, you yeah. know, not much, but mostly I, I knew about screening, mm-hmm. sorted screening T-shirts, and then um, moved on to really high-end um, printing mm-hmm. uh, with a company. Um, that was based in um, uh, Santa Ana at the time. It was and pre-Vision, pre-starting This was vision. all pre yeah. so it was working with very high-tech printing machines. And That's
0: your background is more in a, kind of the print and production world? Yeah, and that's Pre-sales? how I got
4: that job with Vision because mm-hmm. I answered like a, a printing ad mm-hmm. for screening and walked in, and that was Vision, and they wanted somebody for sales, and I already had some experience in sales, so they just hired me right on the spot.
0: It's good to be well-rounded in a sales kind of a situation where you can also speak to the product, right, and how stuffs actually gets made, and absolutely you can navigate, you know, logistical problems and concerns and questions with production, which I know you and I deal with here on a day-to-day yeah. basis.
4: <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, especially yeah. art, you know, gotta make sure it's right the first time. Absolutely. You
0: Twelve know. years here at Madrid. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that your longest
4: tenure anywhere? Yeah. From a job yeah. perspective, a bit, I was with um, Jim Gray at ABC for. Uh, 11 years oh wow so close yeah that was like a a a really great place to work Mm -hmm. just like working here there's like two people i really loved working with which was jim gray and with jerry because they they gave you the the latitude of the room to move around they go not you know what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know you're not the one that's just going to sit there and twiddle his thumbs i'd be like what's the next thing what's the next thing Mm -hmm. what's the next thing let's go to the next thing so, and that kind me, of segues into
0: difference. yeah what, what what has kept you at Madrid this long? But that kind of answers the question, right?
4: Um, you have to like the people you work mm-hmm. for. You know that that was my experience before. I mean, I mean, I I, I liked working at Vision, but there's definitely some issues there. I worked at Birdhouse too for a small stint, and that was definitely a cool job. But um, you have to have a nice atmosphere. You got to get along with the owners. The owners need to be able to you know work with you in every kind of situation and both of them you know Angela and Jerry and and uh, Jim always gave me that room you know but like my card says first and last out you know it's just like no you know and never never say no if, if they need you to work on the weekend you say oh what time do you want to start you know or how late do you want to work Proactive,
0: proactive attitude to getting stuff done—it's critical. Yeah, you right? have to be like
4: that. Totally. Otherwise, you can't necessarily like move up the ladder. Yeah, you know.
0: Nothing worse than I don't know, I don't care, or I don't want to figure it out. Right? You yeah, just, we'll figure it
4: out. I've had too to make many make it happen. I've had too many people like that come across my way. Yeah. As I've learned, like, nope, I'll just take the bull by my horns. <laughs> by the horns. That's and, right. Let's just do it, my, do it myself. And I know enough smart people around me where, if I don't know the answer. I'll just go ask them. And I'll learn something, and we'll just get it done together. So. What's
0: your favorite part about this industry? Still, all this time later.
4: It's just fun. It's creative. Mm-hmm. It's all the people, all the connections with everybody. Everybody is pretty pretty laid back, you know. Um, you know, I would say like ninety eight percent of the people that you do deal with are pretty awesome. Um, the other two percent, that's just part of the, the way everything is in business. That's life, baby. That's just <laughs> life, you know, and you just got to learn how to work with both of those yeah. type of elements when you're dealing with them. But the the creativity part is like the biggest, the funnest part. In your I time
0: learned. here, what's been the fa- your favorite, pro- you know, project that, that we've worked on or that you've had a hand in or that you've just been around for, you know, collabs? What have you been most excited about?
4: Yeah. Um, like all the retro stuff that we're bringing back that's been super cool to work with working with bill bill downforth on his stuff bringing that back um working on the new release of the new um collection that we're going to be showing at um you know the upcoming SkaterCon and, and that's right we'll be at, be at
0: skater con and designer con and ooh, i got to tell our listeners you are in for a treat if you're going to make it to SkaterCon or DesignerCon con this year no we, yeah. we won't reveal fully here yet but you'll you'll see it on our instagrams and our socials woo we got yeah. some big stuff coming
4: I'd say the other part too is really just doing trade shows you know mm-hmm. um, being able to identify like which show is going to fit the best and when ASR basically went away and agenda stepped up you know we were like Jerry and I had a really nice conversation and he goes what do you think and I go you should do the show I said you're in a position where we can sell a lot of product and that show is growing." It's it's a very, very um, hip show for everybody. It's got its pulse on the industry as far as fashion, and you just name it, they're there. And Agenda was a lot of fun to do. And we did those shows for, for many, many, many years, but now we are doing um, more like the specialty type of shows, so Comic-Con type of shows. Mm-hmm. Were, we're selling directly to the public, and the show that we really really like doing is designer con mm-hmm. that's in anaheim That's coming like november 18th and the uh, 20th and the 21st we'll that, be there it's a special connection with that one too with uh, with the founder of the show nice yeah
0: awesome ladies and gentlemen craig harbick he's uh sales he's production he's logistics He's the first one here in the morning, and he's generally the last one to leave at night. Craig, we super appreciate you popping in here and talking to us a little bit about your experiences.
4: Thank you very much. Heck yeah. Thanks, man. You're welcome.
2: Stranger Things. How did all that happen? I mean, you guys not only have the boards, the, the licensed boards, but you also got massive product placement on there. It was like you know, another version of Back to the Future. Yeah, Hollywood comes again. Yeah, yeah
1: they they can they they called us, uh, and they're they're interested in if we we're still producing stuff from back of the day, because they're look the, the the writers of the of, of Stranger Things were big fans of Back to the Future. Oh really? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So what they're looking to do is kind of match the time the era, and they wanted to make sure that the product that they showed in the movie or the show, matched the time frame. Yeah. So, period correct. so I, you got to appreciate that
0: attention to detail and legitimacy too. You know, yeah. they didn't just want to phone it in and go grab a yeah Kmart them board them. and slap it on the show. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. So they hit us up. We send we catalog of stuff that we we had back then and stuff that we have today, and it's basically the same things. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We, should, we just kind of reissued some of that. So they jumped on all over it. So we and did they pick
0: them. the explosive in the rampage? That they, was, did. they just said we'll
1: take those. Yep. Yeah. Exactly.
0: That's cool. And it's actually in the show, which certainly doesn't hurt no, you know yeah. it's not just that you guys you know made a series of boards for stranger things is the characters truly writing you know this board in the show Which yeah, nothing yeah. nothing cooler than that yeah and yeah. so that would be i guess that would certainly i would assume lead to another kind of uptick in the madrid and the skateboard cycles it, over the year i mean it,
1: it, we kind of changed a bit of direction and doing a lot of uh, collaborations mm-hmm. you know i've always been fond of collaborations yeah and this works out really well for, for both them and for us yeah absolutely so we did the halloween series Sure. We yeah. did a few things with Disney. So yeah, it, there's there's stuff that kinda of pops in. The Halloween now. movie was it was at the fortieth? Was it fortieth anniversary or well there's a new one now, right? So yeah, there's sure. a whole new series. But yeah.
0: I think the original was seventy six or seventy eight, maybe seventy eight. So at that time I guess uh, that was a few years back now. Mm-hmm. So you guys have dipped your toe in Hollywood land a few times. Yeah it's over fun, the, it was over the fun there. <laughs> it's fun
1: going backstage and, and watching the scenes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the actors in Back to the Future. That, th- those are uh, pictures of this, the second the second one. Yeah. Oh those yeah, actors also.
0: Yeah, the wild shapes, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, to that, I guess, you know, you talk about people that have come through, and you talk about the dipping of the toes in Hollywood land. And, you know, just this past year, we worked with uh, an artist by the name of Tim Kerr, mm-hmm. who's of the legendary Big Boys. If anybody keeps up with music, or a handful of listeners out there who knows the Big Boys or... Any number of projects Tim's been a part of, you know, over the years, ever since. Lifelong surf, skate, you know, musician, artist. Uh, certainly one of, one of my favorite projects, you know. Yeah. Super nice guy. Too. Yeah, awesome boards, you know. We just kind of said, hey, Tim, what do you want to see on a board? And uh, some people know the story, but, you know, Tim actually sent us a board that he had custom shaped himself. So he had taken an old Cunningham Blockhead board Reshaped it, reshaped the nose, reshaped the tail, and then put some wheel wells in on his own so he could carve. He's a very surf styled skater, and he actually sent us that board and we used it as a template to make a custom shape just for Tim, which again is a testament to you know the capabilities of Madrid and all the, the cool stuff you know we were able to achieve here, which is which is pretty awesome. But yeah. the Tim was the Tim Kerr project was a good one.
1: Yeah, it's another where we, we we do custom stuff for people. Sure. And that's, that's how we started from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, our philosophy in surfing was make boards for, for the rider. Yeah. Same thing with skating. Find out what kind of skating they, they're doing with what they, what they, what their uh, concave wants to be. We made a lot of different concaves back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was able to develop a system where we can make concaves fairly reasonable. So we were able to do a lot of crazy stuff.
0: I've kind of heard mention the fact that Madrid was kind of the first... Making concave shapes, at least making the molds, or yeah, we, we did, details th- of that rumor and how how, yeah. how how accurate is that? You know, that's pretty accurate. we, yeah.
1: we there, I think there were concaves you know, being molded. I think uh, Kryptonics was doing something in, in Colorado. In Colorado, uh, yeah. but I'm not sure how much concave it was. But it's that was a, a molded board, so mm-hmm. it wasn't. Uh, uh, it was kind of plastic, foam mm-hmm. core with
2: urethane yeah, bumper. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I think they had a little concave in there, but we. We developed the concave kind of by accident. Yeah. Uh, the the, um, the When you're doing a lamination, if you leave out one cross-ply, and as it dries and cures, it bends. So it bent and made a cup. Okay. So it's like a concave. Yeah. So I think we set that up and tried to, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah. The problem yeah. is... Happy it, accident, and then yeah. you
0: change the face of skateboarding forever. Yeah, so we
1: we're, <laughs> were able to do with some of the techniques we were in, in making molds, uh, the first mold we were using about plastic... Uh, um, uh, vessel, mm-hmm. so we made a plastic, and that was a it was a V type concave so from the nose to the to the middle of the board was was tilted up a little bit when with a kicktail. We were able to cast a, 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 a casting on that with like a concrete mixture mm-hmm. of some sort, and made a two part, and we were able to sell that concave. Rode that concave, I think that's the fir- that's the first one we sold to Santa Cruz. They, that was their, I think that was their first concave.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: then we made the bevel after that so we made quite right. a few different things Yeah. we did the tub tech for skull
2: the tub tech and of course the infamous M tech really for Madrid that was like okay this is something that we're going to do for us mm-hmm. this is our product we're yeah. not just going to make this concave and offer it to all these other guys this was Madrid exclusive and it was really it kind of was uh, very innovative. Yeah,
0: explain that a little bit compared to a standard concave. I mean, tell, what, what is Tech to people that,
3: you know?
1: Well, basically, you know, on the downhill boards, we, 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 we um, wedged the front truck so it has less turn. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I adapted that to a concave. So I put a three degree lift in the nose where you mounted the truck. So you can't really see it, but you can feel it. Yeah, you can tell that that's, your, your foot fills into that cup, and it's more, it makes it much more stable. So that was really the first version of, of that concave. And was that exclusive
0: to pro models? So that was like, cause that, or were you putting that on boards? Well, we're putting like on like other boards too. I
1: think yeah. we put on pros, but we put on other boards as yeah. well. Then I think we put a there was a, um, an arch support on one of them. There was, there, there's a whole variety of different concaves. Right.
2: The the Batcave. The W yeah, concave. Th- right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Madrid, uh, I was really, really fortunate being out and back to see all the innovations and all the tinkering that Jerry yeah. was doing with different molds and different materials. You, used, you would get wacky stuff like... Uh, carbon m- fiber. and Carbon other. fiber and aluminum honeycomb and yeah. foam <laughs> and all this stuff, and we would have a chance to make just... Tinker, yeah, yeah. and yeah. we
1: came up with the Yorkite. You remember the Yorkite? Oh yeah, Yorkite. We did. I got Yorkite mainly because the uh, the concaves we were making, the bottom veneer started to crack. Mm-hmm. So we needed some way to f- cover that up. And the Yorkite was perfect for that.
2: Explain what Yorkite is. Well, it's a high
1: pressure laminate like a cardboard, but it's uh, it's with resin Okay. Um, we were copied by somebody and it, it they use the wrong stuff. Yeah. The boards all yeah. came apart. <laughs>
2: we wanna
0: name
1: names on this, uh, this pal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't say Bonite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they had replaced <laughs> they replaced their cross grain with this Yorkite product yeah. and Yorkite has no structural strength. Yeah.
1: Uh, it was just so, a cover.
0: Yeah. So close, fellas. Yeah. So close. <laughs>
2: So, okay, I, Sorry,
0: George. That, kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that leads to, I guess, M-Core, right? So how and when did M-Core come about? Something we're still offering on, on boards today.
1: Yeah, that we're using it on, on slalom boards because mm-hmm. we wanted something that could give, give a lot of spring. And that, again, is an, a high-pressure laminate. So we were able to, to apply that into the core of the board mm-hmm. and give it that in different posi- different places, either lower on the lamination or higher on the lamination to give you different spring. So that's how that came about. But we found that on street skates, it works really well, too. It gives you a lot of pop.
0: Yeah. Like on
1: our pro models for streets still today, we do right.
0: M-Core options. Mm-hmm. And then we have a line of explosive M-Core street boards as well.
2: Yeah.
1: It works really well.
3: Yeah.
2: So the downhill team, uh, the original downhill team, you know, we were kind of one of the leaders of downhill deal. Um, but like when Zach Madeham came on board later... Uh, that really kind of exploded Madrid as a downhill team again. Right. How did that all come about?
1: Andrew, do you remember Andrew Mercado? Mercado, okay. yeah. Mercado, was, he was working for us at the time, and he was getting, he was really good street skater, vert skater, and he was getting he was getting into downhill a little bit. So he was starting to go to a lot of these contests, so we supported him to do these. Mm-hmm. And at that, he became our team manager for the downhill guys. He got Zach that um, Max Dubler, he's got quite a few guys. And today we have probably the best team out there right now. We'll and have some of these guys
0: on too. You know, we'll be talking to our current riders and some of the team. You know, on this further episodes as well. Um, yeah, Barry Clark's so, a you know team manager for downhill guys now. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, He he lives in Australia, so mm-hmm. he travels quite a bit. Yeah.
1: Then we got we got riders all over the place. Mm-hmm. But they, that's a whole different deal. Yeah. These guys are nuts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like everything else. It's it's different from when you, when you were doing it. Everything. You know, oh yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, you wouldn't drag. You would put your foot down. You know, yeah. To do what you're doing, you, yeah. you put your hand, you wouldn't touch your board or your hands on the ground. It's these yeah, guys yeah, are full stand up slide at sixty yeah. miles an hour. It's Unreal. always uh,
0: it's crazy how quickly things things move and change. When I lived in Long Beach, I'd go over to the Cherry Park all the time, and you know at the time I was in my 30s, and there was always this kid that would like bust down from Whittier. He's probably 16, 17, and just I mean. Pulling the most ridiculous technical street stuff at the Cherry Park in Long Beach. And every time I'd go over there, they'd say, Hey, you want to play skate? I said, Absolutely not. <laughs> I've got, I mean, what are you kidding me? Like, you know, I peaked about 17, you know, and then, uh, yeah, I couldn't do that back then, you know. It's nuts how quickly things progress and how much people get
1: better than what you were doing. I, mean, in I your, think a lot of it's the equipment. These guys, for are, sure. The, 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 you know, when downhill started just taking off again, it was all longboards, real wide trucks. We're still building, I you know, now the boards have gotten smaller, yeah. The trucks have gotten narrower, and they're going still as fast as 60, 70 miles an hour.
0: We've yeah. got models currently, I mean, on the quote unquote, you know, performance downhill team that are, you know, close in size and shape to a street board at this point. Yeah, everything's yeah. kind of getting, you right. know, shrunk smaller and smaller for the yeah. downhill kind
1: of scene, too. Right. Not only their ability's gotten better, the product's gotten better. Yeah. They burnt through a set of wheels in one run. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Who's on the team now? Not just the downhill team, but who are the key guys on, on the Madrid skateboard team?
1: Well, Lester Kasai, he's just making it to the Hall of Fame, so he's he's hey, one of our top Lester. guys. Yeah, we've got uh, Daniel Jaeger, uh, Desmond. Desmond Lane.
0: Desmond Lane. Uh, Braden is uh, kind of Am. Is Braden an Am guy? Yeah, at this point? he's Am still. Yeah, but he's still you when know he's current up. team guy. We've definitely talked and have you know big opportunity to continue to grow the current team, which is you know.
1: We're in the process of doing that now. Yeah, yeah.
2: But you don't ride for Madrid simply because you're expecting to get the biggest coverage or the biggest paycheck. You ride for Madrid because that's the team you want to ride for. That's the people you want to be around. Well, thanks. Uh, it's the way it was. Well, it's all about having fun.
1: You got to have fun. You don't push the contest, you push the fun part of it.
0: Yeah. It's not fun, it's not worth doing. All so, right.
1: You know.
2: all right. Uh, anybody you want to give shout outs to, Jack? No
1: well, pressure. Th- yeah, no, no, no. I think <laughs> my brothers, uh, Jeff, was, yeah. you know, he was definitely a, a major factor for me because he ran the company while I wasn't around when I, when I was trying to get the water or, or the fire department. Yeah. And then my older brother, who passed away a few years ago, he ran production. So those for sure. Then my wife, Angela, she's every day. Yeah. She's here every day. Then all you guys, you guys are great. I've had, I've had uh, employees for 20-plus years. Yeah. And they still hang around.
2: Shout outs to KT and Mofo from uh, Thrasher Magazine. We were one of the first advertisers in Thrasher. That's right. Uh, built up quite a, a good bunch of relationships there. That's how we got Bryce Knights, mm-hmm. another one of the farm team guys. Um, Steve Van Dorn, got a shout out to Steve. He actually sponsored, or they sponsored, the Madrid team for many years, even before the shoe, mm-hmm. through Everett Rosecrans Sean from uh, the Collectors of Madrid skateboard fan page.
0: Yeah, we have an official fan club out there. Uh, they do quite a lot for us on Facebook, and certainly good about uh, hunting down Madrid treasures and uh, you know reposting and and rehyping stuff that we're trying to do, which is great. Super appreciated. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I guess the biggest shout out besides to Jerry and. And to yourself, Eagle, <laughs> uh, all the team riders that have made us what Madrid Skateboards has been over the years.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we've we've forgotten a few. Yeah, we, no, we'll no put aside, no he just, pa- ap- like a side note here. Apologies to uh, <laughs> Bryce. forgot <laughs> oh, about yeah. yeah.
2: Apologies <laughs> to any names. Tommy Guerrero. Forgotten. Let's call out Tommy Guerrero. Wait a second. What's the Guerrero?
0: was Guerrero a farm teamer? Tommy no, Guerrero same.
2: won the first street style contest in San Francisco riding for Madrid.
0: Farm team era. See that's yeah. one I didn't even know. That's yeah. one I didn't know too.
2: He didn't get to the bottom of the hill before Stacy Peralta was now on yeah. his on his we job. We lost a few guys yeah. to Stacy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's a good guy though? Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah that's cool. Yeah, Stacy and I are pretty good friends with all that. Good.
0: Well, that's pretty good. I mean, look, this is a you know this is the first of what we hope to be many conversations with. Uh, some skateboard luminaries and and just talking the history of Madrid and and everything so far that you know this company's gotten to do and be a part of. You can obviously check out Madrid Skateboards on Instagram at uh, at Madrid Skateboards. You can check out this podcast at at the Madrid Boardcast, all one word on Instagram. And uh, I want to thank Jerry obviously for being here and taking us down memory lane and the history of the company. Much thanks to Bo for uh, co piloting this this project with me and. Uh, We'll be back for hopefully many and uh, more uh, exciting uh, episodes. But uh, thanks everybody that's
1: been listening so far. Thanks, Eagle. Thanks, Bill. Thank
2: you.